now it's time to get the latest from the quarterback of the pack, Aaron Rodgers. It's Tuesdays with Aaron. Here's your host, Jason Wilde. It is the Aaron Rodgers show. So, how you doing? I'd say this is a highly anticipated show today. <laughs> highly anticipated by you or everyone else? Yeah, both. Um, so anything interesting happened to you in the last 24 hours? I haven't been really following the news much. Yeah, I don't know. I saw some on Twitter about it. <laughs> What's, um, I mean, let's, I, I don't want to spend the whole show talking about this, but I, I think we probably should start with it. Um, I guess start with... Just take us through what you saw and experienced last night, starting with Russell Wilson taking the fourth and ten snap on uh, on the final play of the game. I mean, I even want to go. I just want to before we even get into that. I think that just hey, it's your show. Some stuff just needs to be said. I think first of all, I, I got to do something that the NFL is not going to do, and I have to apologize to the fans because this is, you know, the, our sport is generated the multi-billion-dollar machine is generated by people who pay good money to come watch us play. And the product that's on the field um, is not being uh, complemented by an appropriate uh, set of officials. Uh, The games are getting out of control. And like I said in the first week, I I said this, I said "I'm, I'm okay with replacement refs as long as they don't have a direct impact on the game. Mm hmm Obviously, last night um, there was a direct impact on the game and multiple plays that we'll get into. But, you know, my thing is I just feel bad for the fans because they're paying good money to watch this. The game is being tarnished by um, an NFL who obviously cares more about, um, you know, saving some money uh, than, uh, than having the integrity of the game. Diminished a little bit, but like let's let's remember who we're dealing. With. We're dealing with an NFL who locked out the players, and said, you know, we're going to stand firm in our position. Um, I don't think any any owner would be too upset about the deal that was fi- finally agreed to by both sides. Um, but this is an NFL who locked the players out and basically said to cities like Green Bay, who much of our economy out here relies on those ten home games and the and the revenue that's generated through the you know, hundreds of thousands of people who come through uh, each week to either watch the game or be around the stadium. Um, this is, you know, an NFL who, um, you know, gambled on some low-level referees, um, including a guy who makes the most important call last night who's never had any professional experience. Um, these aren't SEC refs who've been around, you know, NFL guys multiple nfl guys on every team and speed of the game and and most of those guys a lot of them are probably trying to get to the next level and and are are the top of the top refs and they don't want to cross the picket line obviously right this is a a multi-billion dollar operation uh, against 16 to 17 crews of 7 to 8 35 to 50 year old guys who want a little uh, insurance on the back end um, want to be taken care of for, for the job they do, believe that their job is an important part of the that shield, the NFL brand. And it's obvious now more than ever, um, you know, not just our game. There's multiple games where there's been some weirdness. Ours probably a little bit more than any others, but 
it's it's obvious the stance the NFL has taken, and I find something very interesting. Um, you know, the NFL statement here after our game. Um, I just want to read, if you might just bear with me here on some of this here. They, they released a statement about what happened last night. They said, while the ball's in the air, Tate can be seen shoving Sam Shields to the ground. This should have been a penalty for offensive pass interference, which would have entered the game. It is not called and not reviewable in instant replay. So they admit that the guy totally blows the call on the pass interference. However, they go on to say, when the players hit the ground in the end zone, the officials determined that both Tate and Jennings had possession of the ball. I call bull on that. Because they say officials. No, there was zero communication between them. There was zero communication between um, the guy who was responsible for the first and 25 phantom pass interference call on Sam Shields and the other referee who was responsible for uh, calling a offsetting personal foul against Greg Jennings for one hand pushing Brandon Browner who just punched him and thrown him to the ground. So those two guys have zero communication, zero eye contact. One of them is signaling... Uh, you know, over his head, meaning uh, clock stopped, game's over, I'm about to signal touchback. And the other, from who knows what angle, as he's looking at MD on top of Golden Tate, and he's going to say that that's a catch by the receiver, while MD has the ball to his chest, which is also usually the association with the simultaneous possession rule is that who has the ball on their chest first. And as the rule reads, which we've all probably read it at some point in the last 24 hours, Simultaneous possession does not exist when one person has the ball first and the other player tries to put his hands on top of the ball, which is obviously what happened uh, in that situation. Everybody saw it. You saw the replay. But but it's just interesting, that the NFL, the way they were there. When the players hit the ground in the end zone, the officials determined that both Tate and Jennings have possession of the ball. Under the rule for simultaneous catch, the ball belongs to Tate, the offensive player. That's garbage, obviously. So it goes on to say, this, they're still covering their butt here. Replay official Howard Slavin stopped the game for an instant replay review. The aspects of the play that were reviewable included if the ball hit the ground and who had possession of the ball. In the end zone, a ruling of simultaneous catch is reviewable. That's that's not the case in the field of play, only in the end zone. So he could have reviewed whether or not it was simultaneous catch, which is their last part of it. Referee Wayne Elliott determined that no indisputable visual as evidence existed to overturn the call on the field, and as a result, the on-field ruling of touchdown stood. So, Wayne, you're telling me you looked at that video, uh, which looked like you're only in there for about 15, 15 seconds. You looked at that thing and, and didn't see Golden Tate's right arm come off of the ball, whatever part of the ball he was grabbing or whatever part of MD Jennings he was holding on to with his left arm just barely underneath as MD had the ball on his stomach and was on top of Golden as Golden was wrapping his arms around his back. You're telling me that there was no video, no indisputable visual evidence existed in that replay to overturn that call? I mean, come on, Wayne. That, that's that's embarrassing. So this this is just it, this is the NFL here. They're they're uh, saying they should have called pass interference, but they're saying that the refs got it right uh, in the end zone. Unbelievable. Are they saying that the refs got it right, or they're saying that that's what the refs called and they couldn't do anything about it once they called it? Well, it looks like they're saying the officials, so they're saying multiple officials who had no communication between each other. Right. Even though, based on the reaction of the back judge. I saw the back judge and, and was put my hands up because I thought we'd won. Right. Um, so did you just get yourself fined? I don't know. I think there's been a lot of people who've who've said things, uh, either tweeted things or, or uh, have said things. 
I mean, this is—it's just getting—it's getting out of hand. So, so before we talk about how you deal with this as a team, what do you think happens next? I mean, the question everyone's asking today is: Did they finally reach the breaking point in terms of embarrassment of the of the league tarnishing of the shield, which is a phrase that we've heard a lot of times applied to guys like Johnny Jolly and guys that have gotten in trouble? Um, have they reached the breaking point that you think you're going to see the regular officials coming back? I don't know because from what I hear, they got to come in, they got to get the physicals, and because the network has uh, Thursday night games now, uh, it's going to be hard probably to get them in uh, by Thursday. If they do get a deal, then it probably have to happen today, and then get them all, you know, coordinated to the proper place. I'm not sure if we can get some done, and if they can't by Thursday. Do they still do they allow those two teams who are playing Thursday to have replacement officials? Why the other everybody else who plays on Sunday or Monday has regular officials? I don't think they would, would they? I don't know. I, I I'm not sure exactly what they're going to do because the point that a lot of people have made is that people aren't turning off the T V, people aren't stopping going to games. Now, Packers fans legitimately angry and saying Yeah, there's would... six of them protesting out here on on Lombardi as I drove by. <laughs> Uh, I don't know if they're going to drop uh, DirecTV and stop watching the Sunday ticket or anything like that, though. So um, that's, that's great for the NFL. They're still making money. Right. Um, so what was – can you kind of take us behind the scenes of the chaos after everything plays out the way it does? And do you think that it plays out the same way if that game's being played at Lambeau Field instead of at CenturyLink Field? No. I, how did all those people get on the field? And so, I mean, there's a mob scene over there. And we have a lot of guys going over trying to get people off because it looked like there was some sort of fight going on. Um, I'm, I saw the back judge, and then I saw a touchdown call, and then I'm trying to see what everything's, what's going on. I'm in disbelief. Um, so I ended up going over and, t- and seeing Matt, and as I was starting to leave the field, uh, I, I just looked back and noticed there was some more commotion we had some more guys so i went over to see what was going on to either get our guys away because there was a fight breaking out or to just i mean then i started hearing you know it was an interception md caught it um that's what our guys were saying coming out of the pile which was obvious that he did um and so i was trying to get our guys away from there and then you know then we're is that before after back you bump into uh, Mike Silver in the middle of the field yeah. trying to figure out what's happening? Unbelievable. Happened. I mean, it's you got a mob scene in the corner. Uh, no idea how Mike Silver is on the field, but Mike's there, and he and we're both in disbelief of what's going on. Uh, I never. <laughs> it was unbelievable. It was just it was chaos. Um, what what about once you guys get back to the locker room after the extra point, which they had to like send guys back onto the field to participate in? And yeah, that's the uh, ninth tiebreaker. Point differential, um, but it's happened before that uh, teams haven't gone back out there, and you can just kick it or go for two or whatever. We didn't really care, but oh. um, but yeah, the refs came back in and got kind of a rude welcome in the really? locker room. Yeah. Um, so you get back to the locker room, and McCarthy does his press conference, and you guys are showering and getting ready to to leave, and then. The TVs at CenturyLink Field, which are really nice TVs in that visitor's locker room. They haven't really upgraded those. I'm a little surprised that uh, they got the old-school square TVs. But I've never seen anything like that, where you guys are all kind of huddled around TVs watching it. Um, What was that like to then relive it? Because there were some... Well, I think as we all turned our phones back on, there were just, uh, you know, hundreds of text messages 
when you combine all of them from people just you know you got hosed md caught it um so i started as i heard some of the the talk going on i, I wanted to make sure i saw the play before my press conference so i had all the information uh so i was trying to get it on uh on somebody's phone and uh i came after my shower i came back in the locker room and, and the highlights were up on the tv so uh and then we had you know most of the guys were in there watching that and as they go through some of the plays from the the walden roughing the passer interception that's just bizarre the first and 25 you know pass interference on sam um which sydney rice laughed when he was asked if that was pass interference and said if they call it, it is. I mean, he grabbed Sam's face mask. Yeah, that's terrible. Uh, and then we watched the last play, and, and with the super, you know, slow-mo uh, that the referees are supposed to have under the hood as well. Um, we watched that replay over and over, and uh, there was a lot of frustration. Um, did you get everything off your chest that you wanted to now uh, that you didn't say last night? Because you were very short with your words. Was that strategic? Yeah, I, I knew I had this great. I want to set up the radio show today for all the stuff. <laughs> you I are a good say. teammate. Um, so the other thing that happens then, and then we'll move on, uh, is I don't know if the guys are on the bus or on the plane or still in the locker room at the time, but a couple of your offensive linemen uh, take to Twitter and give their unvarnished opinions, which uh, I couldn't retweet because they would violate my no profanity rule on Twitter. Um, is that going on on the bus ride to the airport, or is that is that what it was? Yeah, yeah, I think it was uh, on the bus ride over. Uh, that's part of my no Twitter during the season policy. <laughs> it's not the, so I don't put anything emotional on there because it's you know we put a lot in this game, and I think that's that's most of the frustration. We put so much into this, and we put our our bodies, our livelihood on the line, um, and you you can't possibly tell me that. Um, the way things are going right now that um, you know player safety is being um, held to the same standard it was and the uh, just the integrity of the game isn't what it is and we we put a lot in this we put our reputations in this we put our our livelihood um, our our families are invested in this and uh, it's frustrating Th- that being said the, the Twitter stuff is <clears throat> is uh, interesting it wasn't as I mean those guys were obviously uh, upset about it as we all were, but uh, to see some of the tweets, <clears throat> you know, as, as we got back last night, and I got back to the house. I mean, it's hard to go to sleep after you, you got to kind of wake yourself up to drive home, and it's five in the morning. Um, so just reading some of the somebody compiled some of the Twitter stuff from last night, and, and I mean it was Drew Brees and Arian Foster and. Um, you had guys like Bubba Watson with funny, funny comments. Um, I got a, a ton of text messages from um, you know, other quarterbacks in the league. Um, you know, friends uh, in the entertainment business who watched the game and were upset, and, and just you know, not to mention just all my friends and family are just beside themselves. Who was the uh, most surprising text message you got? Who reacted to that? <clears throat> Well, uh, I won't talk about a text message, but I will say that Kerry uh, Elwes was in the locker room, and he's obviously the uh, star from The Princess Bride and a good friend. And uh, it was actually, I'm, I'm watching, it's funny, I'm watching the screen, the highlights in the locker room, uh, 
And I turn around, and then and there's Kerry. He's right there watching it with me. <laughs> and that was that was fun to see him in there. But uh, wish had been under different circumstances. But um, frustrating, frustrating day. But uh, you know, we'll move on. It, I think you know. Just my last point I'm gonna make on this is this. Uh, yeah, we have high hopes of making the playoffs, and uh, we're wanted to now. But uh, you know, we like our team. We like our chances. If if we happen to get in a situation where. Um, you know where we get into playoffs, uh, but we're you know five or six seed. Uh, you know, is this game gonna gonna make a difference in the uh, in the home field advantage? You know, having the home field advantage, and you might just say, well, you know, you did it a couple years ago as a number six seed, and that's fine. But um, this week, I gotta understand that football is so much bigger than just what happens on the field. It affects uh, a lot of areas of life. And like I'm talking about the economic impact that happens in Green Bay. I mean, you're talking about a city that, if not, if we don't get to host a home game, um, you're talking about a lot of money that's not going to come in this city. Um, and when you start thinking about it in those terms, uh, it, it affects economies of different areas. And in this economy, um, to have a game like that and the officials take away a win like that can directly affect certain communities, especially in Green Bay where you have – um, just such a tight-knit bond between community and team, and, and obviously the local businesses and hotels rely on us having home games. And some very unhappy owners. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I asked this question to McCarthy, and, and I know he didn't want to get into it last night, and maybe this... So you're going to ask me because you know I'm in the mood to get in it. Well, I, don't, I, don't, I didn't think it was a bad question. Um, in any way, can this galvanize you guys? I mean, pull you tighter? I realize it's silly to try and make lemonade out of this many lemons. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But is there anything in terms of motivationally or whatever that you can use this as some sort of fire that it lights in any way, or is that just unrealistic? Well, I think in the end you have to you have to remember that uh, as frustrating as it is that you know we lost last night um, and we get you know the, the calls that were made and the kicker ball on the two point conversion and all oh, the things we'll that happened that. last night. Um, you know, offensively, we didn't play very good. We we struggled in the first half. We got some things going in the second half, but probably should have got more than 12 points last night. Our defense is playing incredible. Um, you know, up until the last drive, they had them in the low 120, 30 yards for the game of offense. I know we had at one point, I think some stat, we had like, what, 40 to 6 in plays in the second half. Yeah, something ridiculous. Yeah, like but um, they've been playing great. So... We have a lot to build on. Uh, we just have to figure out offensively, kind of what our identity is going to be, and and move forward uh, in that in that fashion. Because our defense is playing way too good right now for us to lose games like that. John Gruden said after the game it was going to be a long flight home. You had to fly six thousand miles, which I don't think is accurate, yeah. but it may have felt like six thousand miles. Are you a good uh, airplane sleeper? Were you I am. I didn't. Not many. I don't know who was sleeping last night. We weren't. We have a. Um, you know, a group that likes to to play cards, um, but uh, you know, there was a lot of people checking their twitters all the way until the takeoff time. So we were kind of, you know, we were up for a while and obviously talking about what happened. I think a lot of us were still numb about it. I yeah. mean, I know I was uh, after the game and on the bus and uh, just trying to talk to my friends. Um, yeah, I had a lot of friends from Portland uh, who came up, and uh, it was great to see them. But it's just, it's kind of. Uh, I was just numb talking to him after the game. Because what do you say? I mean, you, you know, it's frustrating that I didn't play as well as I wanted to, and we didn't offensively. But um, still, should have won that game. 
We'll uh, we'll talk about the offense, and we'll go inside the helmet. We'll look ahead to the Saints, and we'll uh, do our Ask Aaron questions. Of course, we have to do our D-list question from Drew Olson, which actually has to do with the flight, not the flight home, but hmm. the flight there. Um, you mentioned that there's a group of you that likes to play cards. So yep. are you you playing cards the whole I mean, that's a long, what is it, three hours? Are you playing we cards? We like the long flights because we get to play cards yeah. for a while. Is that, yeah. I mean, are you watching a movie on your iPad sometimes no. on those? No, no. I'd, say, I'd say the majority of people are either sleeping um, sleeping or watching watching a movie. And then there's a couple groups that play cards. And then, how, like, Take us inside the plane. Is it a? It's a really big plane. This was a, an excellent plane. Um, it was an international a plane that flies international. I think it was a triple seven seven seventy seven. Okay. For people who know what that is, I don't. I just know the number. <laughs> I don't think I knew. Going I just. Up I can tell you how it yeah. lays out. It has like the front. The front part is like these cubicles almost. Uh, where you have your own like little, like little desk area. It looks like and, and a nice area to recline in. That's not where we sit. Um, and then you get <laughs> Who to the. Who sits there? That's the uh, coaches and and uh, some Dignitaries. Of the training staff and personnel guys. And then the next part is uh, what was it a three 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 in the middle section. So okay. there's nine seats across. So it's pretty wide. And and that's uh, uh, all the I don't know if they're guests of the. Board of directors, people on the board of directors, and and uh, you know the cops we take with us, and our support staff, and equipment guys, and video guys, and all those guys. And at the end of that, it's kind of where the players start, and then the back is all players. Okay. And you get your own row. Uh, you can, yeah. The back part is was a three 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 issue as well, so the middle and the back was all three three three. But we, uh, you know, we sit in the. Uh, on the edges of, of four different areas so we can play cards. And who's in the card group? Uh, John, Ginge, and Brett. And you? Yes. And what game are you playing? Sheep's Head. Wow, you are a Wisconsinite. I now. am. You know it. Welcome aboard. We Euchre, will, uh, Euchre and Sheep's Head. That's it. Yeah, you're, you're assimilated now for sure, California guy. We will uh, continue with the program. We'll talk about uh, the K-Ball about some uh, of the offensive challenges you faced. We'll go inside the helmet, we'll look at the Saints, and we'll do Ask Aaron. We'll do all those things next. This is the Aaron Rodgers Show. This is Tuesdays with Aaron. Here's Jason Wilde. Ah, Nirvana, as requested. Who do you want for next week from Fish? He's all over this stuff. Mm, four non-blondes. I'm kidding. Don't don't put the four on blondes. How about Pearl Jam for next week, Fish? All right. So there you have it. Um, welcome back to the second half of Tuesdays with Aaron, the Aaron Rodgers Show. Uh, something that you brought up, which I guess is still a little bit referee-ish, uh, was the K-ball thing on the two-point conversion. Mm-hmm. Now, there was uh, our friend Rob Domofsky from the Green Bay Press-Gazette is anti-two-point conversion Anytime before the eight-minute mark. Now I think it was like eight forty-four when that um, is the two-point conversion. The attempt, the right call there, and explain to folks who don't cover the league and aren't familiar with the K ball what issue the kicking ball has with uh, having that for a two-point conversion instead of an extra point. I think it's one hundred percent the right call. I think it's okay. the right call late in the third quarter, um, especially the way that was going. 
Uh, we were moving the ball better in the second half, but I think you know to, to go up seven there would have been uh, a big advantage for us. Um, and obviously, the way the game ended would have been uh, you know changed the outcome a little bit. Right. But um, you know the thing that I think that's most frustrating about it is that two plays before uh, I throw a pass to Greg, as ruled a touchdown initially. Uh, they go back and uh, review it. As they're reviewing it, uh, I'm having a dialogue with the referee, with one of the referees. Um, I believe he was the uh, the umpire, uh, and he's asked me what hash I wanted the ball on for the two point conversion because you can you can request either right hash or left hash or in the middle. So mm-hmm. I I told him in the middle. So they knew at that point we we're going to go for two if we scored. Uh, I reversed the play. We run third down. I get the first down after a review, a bad spot in a review. We score on the next first down. We're obviously still going for two. Uh, there was a plenty of time between the end of that play and uh, and when the the, uh, the two point conversion happened. Um, now I didn't look down and see there was a K ball, but I'm about ninety percent sure it was either a ball of the Seattle Seahawks uh, or or a K ball. And I'm I'm more convinced it was a, it was a kicking ball. What happens is there's balls that are used uh, for kicking plays, punting and, and place kicking plays. And there's obviously the balls that we get to use when we're on offense, and uh, and there, there's yours, and there's the other teams, right? And you know, different teams, uh, you're able to because of the really the, the opinion of Peyton Manning and how he wanted um, to be able to have time to to work on the balls and and get them scrubbed the right way. Um, you know, they're different people like like them in a different color, or you know. How, how good they I'm, I'm going to try not to ask a sophomore a question about how you like your yeah, balls, but yeah, how right. how do you prefer yours to be broken in? I, I like them to be well broken in. I'll just put it that way. <laughs> but uh, I could tell right away when I caught the ball uh, that it, that it was a uh, it was a it was not one of one of the one ones of that yours. we brought to the game. And uh, now, did that affect uh, for sure? Us getting it or not getting, I you know, we'll never know. However, I can honestly say that the ball did not come out of, out of my hand the way that a normal football would because of the slickness of those footballs, um, and that's just the uh, the facts, Jack. What about uh, speaking of facts? You were the second highest scoring offense in National Football League history last year, and I, I understand it's a new year. Um, and it's unfair to keep drawing that comparison. But you guys made it look so easy, and I know it wasn't easy. Mm-hmm. But now you've got four offensive touchdowns in three games, and that's just not what we've come to expect from this group. In the words of Vince Lombardi, what the hell's going on out there? Uh, we're just, you know, we're we're kind of kicking ourselves a little bit. Too many negative yards plays, you know, too many, um, you know, sacks or lost yards on, on runs or penalties. Uh, they're just... It's really hurting us right now, and, and we're not cashing in on, on opportunities. I think, you know, through three weeks, the opportunities have been a lot less than we've had in the past. There hasn't been a lot of, you know, guys running wide open. We can hit for, for long touchdowns. We've kind of had to work a lot harder to score uh, in most situations, um, and we just haven't made the most of the opportunities that we've had to uh, to come up with big plays. I obviously haven't played as well as I'd like to, and, and not as well as I was playing through three games last year, and, um I have a direct impact on how we play an offense. So uh, if I can, you know, figure out what, you know, how to how to get this thing rolling personally, I think we're going to do a lot better on offense. So how how much of that is 
you feeling like you're not playing the way you're capable of? And how much of it is when you're as productive as your offense is, everybody and their brother is going to spend all offseason trying to figure out how to decrease that productivity i mean that mm. that has to be at least part of it does it's it got, not it, yeah i think it's 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 got to i mean teams are um playing a lot different than we've seen here um i don't think there's been a ton of confusion but uh surprise at the at how soft most teams you know through three weeks have played against us now you, you say soft you know seattle pressed a lot outside yeah they did but their in, their interior guys are very soft they gave up a lot of checkdowns um, they try to keep everything in front of them. Um, we played Chicago, and they played cover two for the majority of the game. We played the Niners, and they got deep with their safeties as well. Right. Um, it's been a you know a lot of soft coverage and trying to get after me with four has, has been kind of the the recipe. Let's go inside the helmet. There's a few plays that we need to talk about there. The the first one, and it's more. It's more of a general question based on what's happened the last three weeks. You guys, and I know there's different variations to it, so I know it's not the same play every time, but one thing that you guys were great about, you and Jordy connecting on your shot play, and again, within the variations, for those of us that aren't NFL quarterbacks, most of them look kind of alike, where you have a play-action pass, Sometimes it's out of personnel where they shouldn't be expecting a pass. Jordy goes down the field, and you had some big plays on that last year. It would seem that teams are diagnosing that and making it more difficult for you, and either you're not throwing it or you're throwing it and it's not connecting. Mm-hmm. Kind of take us through what's what you, what you're seeing there. Yeah, teams uh, teams are practicing that, and they know that that's part of our offense. We've got a lot of variations of – uh, throws down the field that we can do off of that similar action, and we just haven't been, you know, haven't been able to hit them. They haven't been, uh, haven't been there. Uh, we haven't really taken uh, too many shots at that. I mean, we've we've tried a couple and tried a couple in the game, and they uh, they diagnosed them and covered them real well. So um, you know, at some point those are going to be open. We're going to be able to hit them, but uh, you know, we're going to have to uh, have to find other ways to to make big plays. I know Mike calls the plays. I know how close you are with Tom Clements from his time as your quarterback's coach. But I also know how much Joe Philbin meant to you. We talked about it last week on this show. In any way, does not having him around have any impact? Or is it just coincidence that he's gone and your offense has had the challenges that it's had? I think we should probably revisit that question later in the year. It, you know, And I say that with the utmost amount of respect for our guys and for Joe. Um, but Joe is an incredible coach, and, and uh, um, we need to, uh, you know, we got to play better on offense. Um, but uh, everybody loved Joe, loved having him around here. I love Tom to death. I, you know, I've made no no bones about that. Um, you know, but you know, we'll, we'll see what happens. We, uh, this is on us. This is not on the coaches. Um, you know, Joe is a great mind and brought a lot to their offense. That's the only reason I say that. Um, but this is on the players. We haven't played good enough yet. Um, speaking of being on the players, and I'm not asking you to assign blame to everyone for each sack, but what, I mean, big picture inside the helmet, what happened in the first half? I mean, how many of those are instances where 
you maybe felt like you held on to the ball too long. Mm. How many of those are instances where you held on to the ball because there was no one to throw the football to and you didn't want to risk an interception? How many of those are ones you could have thrown away? And how many of those are situations where there's not much you can do when the other guy, you know, beats your guy? Well, you know, just having not seen a film uh, yet because of my 5.30 a.m. bedtime, uh, I what time did you get up, by the way, if you went to bed at 5.30? Uh, about 10, 10.30. So you're operating about I, four I and woke half up hour. the first time at about 10.30. And okay. Couldn't really move. My Everything was hurting. Uh, but, uh, you know, I think it's, it's a combination of, of just um, holding on the ball at times a little long, uh, not getting open, breakdowns in, in protection. And, uh, and uh, you know, we had uh, way too many of those. Last night, um, I you know we spent so much time because as media we latch on to things and we latched on to the two point five second clock. So now it's all, well, it, that two point five second clock that would have gone off if it was down there on the field. I mean, do you feel yourself being any more indecisive or anything like that? I mean, I, I just it seems like the popular thing to question is whether or not. You know, you're getting rid of the ball as quickly as as you've dealt it in the past, and I know you like to get the ball out of your hand quickly. No, I don't feel indecisive at all. Okay. Um, the other play that I wanted to ask you about, I guess it's technically a sack, but it's more about the slippery field. Um, what happened on the one where you just sort of fell down? Yeah, the field was. Uh... Did your destroyers desert you? I didn't wear them. I did not wear them. I was told that. Uh... I was Uh-oh. I was scandal told, brewing. I was told that the moldeds <laughs> would work better. Um, literally, my foot just just slipped. It, it didn't uh, it didn't catch the the ground when I went to step, and uh, it was an embarrassing play. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Worse than when the ball comes out the back when you have a hit to your funny bone and you don't have feeling in your hand. Oh, a lot worse than that. That's yeah. more. This yeah. was more embarrassing. Yeah. Um, Speaking, and bad segue, but I'm a little bit surprised that the Saints are 0-3. That's got to be embarrassing for your friend Drew Brees and the way that team has started. Can Have you, obviously you just got back at 5.30, look ahead to that game and how interesting it's going to be to see how that plays out, given, you know, I, I had somebody joke to me today that it's the uh, Roger Goodell Bowl because you're both down on the commission right about now. Um how do you view the Saints coming in and and the trials and tribulations that they're experiencing? Well, they're uh, you know they're zero and three. They're coming off of uh, three tough three tough games where they probably haven't played as well as they wanted to, and uh, yeah, their backs are against the wall. That that can be a dangerous dangerous football team. We had a shootout here last year in the opening game, and um, you know we're gonna need a real good effort. Uh, on Sunday because this is the opportunity to get to two and two and um, you know it, it's you know we should be everybody knows we should be two and one right now but uh, you know the records are what they are at the moment and um, you know one and three would be uh, would be really tough tough to deal with not that we couldn't come back from that you know in 2004 the team was one and four and finished nine and two and made the playoffs um you know, so it's, Look at you, historian. It's been done before. Obviously. You weren't here yet. No, I know, but I, 
I know these things. I wasn't thinking about those things, but I know that that was one of Mike Sherman's calling cards. He's oh, it doesn't, you know, that first year, he's like, it doesn't matter. Last year we started 1-4, you know, finished with 1-9 out of 11, you know. I can't. Didn't happen in your rookie year, however. No, it didn't happen. But, uh, you know, to, to be able to go go 2-2 two two with another home win would be a big thing for us and something we need to take care of. So how does this week work logistically? Because tomorrow will be a little later, starting Wednesday. Usually we're in at 7 we're going to start a little bit later tomorrow because of the uh, the long travel, and that's kind of standard for uh, post-Monday night football. And then Thursday, Friday, Saturday will be normal days. And I think we have a three the three game. So what do you do today? Like, usually Tuesday, by the time you come in here on Tuesday, you've already looked at a bunch of film of the upcoming opponent. Mm-hmm. I'll so, start this afternoon. Okay. Yeah. Um, when you... Uh, look at the way the schedule has played out up until the, now. I mean, you knew that it was going to be Sunday, Thursday, Monday, Sunday in these first four. Are you looking forward to the Sunday, 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 the rest of the way here? Is that I, I know you prefer Sunday. Is that from a commercial? I, it sounds like something they would say for like a truck, uh, yeah. monster truck. Sunday, Sunday, Sunday. I think it is, yeah. I am looking forward to a normal schedule. I mean, it's been, uh, it's been tough, I think. Um, you know they've they've given us a uh, tough schedule to start with four tough opponents and and tough travel schedule um, but uh you know we feel like that we haven't played our best football as of yet and um we won't be playing the right way at the at the end of the season but in order to have a chance in the, the season you got to take care of business early in the season we got to do a better job at that this week we're playing a real good opponent um, with the you know top tier quarterback and uh, they're coming in here knowing they need a win to get back in this thing, and they don't want to. They don't want to be 0-4. And uh, it's going to be important for us to have a good effort. Uh, but once we get this one over with, it's going to be nice to get back in a regular schedule. One one last thing before we get to the Ask Aaron questions. The um, I, I'm fascinated by because I don't want to say people questioned it, but you were very clear that once you left here after the playoff loss to the Giants, you got over it and you moved on. Today, you're probably angry, frustrated whatever how do you how do you put that stuff behind you and get moving forward and is it always something that's come easily to you or is that something you have to work at a little bit i think you have to work at it but um i think the thing that's going to really help is that um it's hard to not still be numb about what happened last night i mean you read these comments that the nfl makes uh and then you just running through that play in your mind and and most of the people either listening or you know either you watched it last night you've seen the play and then just i cannot wrap my head around that uh but you you just know once once i start watching that that saints film it's going to be all about them and i'll have to talk about it tomorrow in my in my press conference obviously but uh you think you'll be asked about it yeah maybe (laughs) but uh but no once once we get past uh that press conference is going to be easy to, to focus on the Saints. All right, let's get to ask Aaron questions. We do have one in some way related to this. It comes from Matt. If you were on the opposite side of this, if you were Matt Flynn or Golden Tate or one of those guys, what would your reaction be, you think? You have to consider yourself really lucky. Um, and I would have applauded anybody last night who would have said anything to that, to that effect. Anybody uh, say anything to that effect? Not that I saw. Uh... Robbie wants to know, how do you like having your playbook on iPads this year? How has it changed the way you prepare each week? That's a great question. I, you know, being used to, uh, you know, having it in paper all the time and, and taking 
taking notes the way that we do. I think it's changed for some people because you can take notes on your on your iPad. I have a a note section that I always have opened up that I can type in. But um, I'm kind of in that respect. I'm I'm old school. I like to write everything down and and highlight things. And so I still have my notebook that I write my notes down in. And uh, it is it is nice though to have everything at your fingertips like that. And it's easy to use. We had a computer since I've been here. And that's been a nice thing to take home, but um, it's not as user-friendly as the iPad is, so the iPad has been a great addition. So you carry around both? You have, like, your little notebook? Yeah, I got my little uh, my little bag. That, little trapper uh, keeper? Krabby makes fun of my bag. He, he's, what does he call it? A European man bag or something. Your man purse? He's always making fun of me about it, but yeah. Uh, Bert, with a question about last night's game, he says, the way the Packers controlled the second half, is this the beginning of a more balanced offense for the rest of the season? You're a big Cedric Benson guy. Uh, do you see the offense evolving from being pat maybe not not pass first as much anymore? But do you see things changing and more running? I don't know. We'll see. I think as, as things go on, we're going to have to run the football though because teams are playing uh, so much uh, you know soft coverage. Um, the run game has got to be an important part of it. It's nice having set in there. Um, you know, James Stark's coming back from an injury and Alex Green, and we have a lot of backs who can who can run the ball, but Sed's been a great addition to our team. and uh, We're going to have to find ways to score points. So if that means we got to run it more than we have in the past, so be it. Um, I'm about winning football games and, and doing what's best for the team, and if we got to run it more, then, then we'll run it more. Brett, on a much brighter note from last night, FIFA 13 comes out today. Who's the best Rogers brother and who's your team? I would say definitely I'm the best. Uh, and do all three of you play? Well, we we do. We have some some great games. I beat my little brother um, in our most recent matchup. Uh, he's he's really good, um, and I actually pre-ordered it for him uh, at best uh, at Best Buy. And so I'm sure you can go pick that up today when he's not watching his film. He's got one class uh, down at Vandy, so he's got plenty of time. Wait, what? My little brother. Yeah, you have to take at least one class. And uh, he's been very diligent with his studies. So he's like way ahead, and all he's got is one class. He's left? A, yeah, he's a fifth-year senior. Yeah, so. right, because of his time at Butte. Yeah. Uh, how are things? We haven't talked about him lately. How's he? How are things? He's doing all right. They, they got they got beat real bad last week, but he's he's doing all right. He played well. Uh, this comes from Cheyenne. Um, my team and I admire your leadership. How can I coach my team more effectively when they're feeling discouraged? <laughs> now we know the story about you taking that coaching class at Butte. Yeah, um, that was a fun story. Coach to Critchfield. Tell. Yeah, that was a fun story to tell at the Super Bowl. Um, all right, Coach. What's your advice when things aren't going so well for the team? <laughs> Ask Mike. I don't know. <laughs> uh, I just, you know what, the thing that I go back to in these situations is you have to continue to focus on the things that you can control. And it's... Boy, but that's hard right about now. It is tough. It is tough. That's probably the hardest thing because, you know, you put so much into this and and to have it in the way it did yesterday uh, is difficult. But there's nothing that we can, you know... They're not going to change it, obviously. They're not going to really admit a whole lot of fault in it. 
So all we can do is move on, and uh, we have a new week of preparation. We have an opponent who's got a, an extra day on us uh, preparing, and, and they're going to be coming here uh, desperate for a win. And we need to have that same type of, of passion and, and urgency that they're going to have coming in. So the, the things we can control is getting back here and getting our preparation uh, where it should be and making sure that we're ready to play Sunday because we haven't played well enough on offense to win games so far, and we need to do a better job. Uh, Shane asks, did you and Clay have a bet on USC Cal? If so, what was it? Now, last year you had to wear USC gear. On a national interview, yeah. Um, now, rumor has it that you're a bet welcher. That's that's the reports I'm reading on TMZ with the boys to men guys. It's absolutely garbage. That's all I'm going to say about that. That's absolute garbage. Um, so I take it there was no such bet with Clay this time around? or No. No, I didn't want to make that bet. I didn't feel great about our boys. How's uh, how's your buddy Jeff Tedford holding up? Coach is doing uh, He's doing all right. I saw him this summer. got to spend time with him. love spending time with him and uh, Donna and, and the boys, who are not boys anymore. When I first met them, they were like a sophomore in high school and an eighth grader, and now they're, I guess they're old now. <laughs> Like 24 and 22, or 25 and 23. Well, you're getting up there. Yeah. Um, and finally, our last Ask Aaron question comes from Jess. Uh, Halloween is a month away. Have you put any thought into your costume? You're you're a big Halloween guy. I'm you're big, not a very good I'm about giving up candy. Guy. I'm a big dress-up guy. I am. Okay. Okay, let me just say this. With the candy, I put out a humongous bowl about three years ago and with a note that said, take a couple. That never worked. No, it didn't work. So now, but you were like hiding in your house last time. I wasn't hiding. I had the, I had the lights off. If the lights are off, that means I'm either sleeping or I'm watching film or I'm just not going to come to the door. But I am watching you. <laughs> that wasn't creepy at all. So have you put any thought into your uh, costume? Not yet, but that's a good reminder because I, I kind of I want to bring something, bring something good. A few years back, I, I did one of the better ones. Ever me and uh, my Zach Galifianakis look-alike buddy went as Dumb and Dumber. Papa, Papa, yeah, went as the Dumb and Dumber. Well, you had that haircut in your youth. Were you Jim Carrey? Yes. Um, didn't you go as Tim Mastay at some point? Last year, yeah, but it was it wasn't it wasn't it wasn't your best effort. Bad effort, yeah. All right, well, you've got about a month to work on that. In the meantime, we've got another week of the. Tuesdays with Aaron, the Aaron Rodgers show um, in the books. I really look forward to next week. Uh, do you foresee anything controversial occurring between now and then, or do you think we will go no, back to our No, I think the ratings are going to take a real big dip next week. <laughs> <laughs> they tuned in to hear something great and probably were a little underwhelmed by you and your I'm sure they were underwhelmed asking. by me. They weren't underwhelmed by you, my friend. So that'll and, do it. And Fish's music selections. So. Well, he's got the four nine four nine so blondes many, all queued up. So now. many questions. There are so many songs of Nirvana to choose from. You know, he's he's as sensitive as uh, as Ginge and John Coon. So That's now he's going to feel very bad about lot. his selection. We will do it again next week. We'll talk about how things go against the Saints. We'll look ahead to whoever's next on the schedule. Indianapolis. You take it one game at a time, so you haven't thought about that. And we'll do your questions again with the hashtag Ask Aaron. This has been the Aaron Rodgers Show.